1: Hello everyone, my name is Brad Roland and I promise I will not do this on every episode of The Daily Hammer, but this is episode 2. We're not going to number the episodes, it'll be more day by day, but yesterday I gave you a little bit of an introduction as to what we're doing here with The Daily Hammer, a bite-sized show breaking down the latest in Braves country, hosted by Sean Coleman yesterday and today. Sean is the host of the Lots on Grizzlies podcast, as well as a writer at TalkingChop.com, and a great, great guy, so check out the next episode of The Daily Hammer that you're about to hear. And uh, this is probably the, the final time that I do this, but I want to at least I'll let people know if they missed yesterday's show. This is a bite-sized, more frequent episode. Nothing's going to be happening differently with Road to Atlanta or the Talking Shop podcast. They'll still be around in their normal form, but we're splicing in some extra content. Sean's fantastic. And here is the second episode of The Daily Hammer.
0: to the Daily Hammer, your daily Braves News Source podcast when it comes to the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. It's once again a pleasure to be with you. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are doing well. Obviously, you can find all the great content when it comes to Talking Chop wherever Talking Chop is available on social media at Talking Chop. Also, obviously, at Talking Chop. Dot com. You can find myself at StatsSAC. You can find many of our great talents across social media platforms promoting their great work either in written or podcast form. Make sure to follow each one of them and support the great work that we put out on a daily basis. When it comes to the Atlanta Braves, here is the latest on the Daily Hammer. Obviously, the Braves had a big day, a very important day on Wednesday with a doubleheader against the San Diego Padres. On Monday, rain made it to where the Braves were not able to play against the Padres. The Braves were able to take that rest and turn it into a very clutch and needed performance once again from an unexpected source in Tukey-Tassant on Tuesday night to get a big victory against one of the Major's best teams. The hope! was that based off Tukey's performance, that could give the Braves a bit of momentum as they were going into the doubleheader yesterday, once again needing to rely on the arms of youthful talents in Kyle Muller in Game 1 and in Bryce Wilson in Game 2. Well, in Game 1, Kyle Muller did exactly what he needed to do. He allowed the Padres to score only one run through the first four innings, and it seemed like Brian Snicker's goal was to basically work it to where Kyle Muller could get through four innings or basically could get through the Padres lineup twice. The unfortunate thing is, is that the Braves offense simply could not find a way to support the solid effort from Kyle Muller and that led us to the top of the fifth inning. Coming on to relieve Kyle Muller was Shane Green, who certainly has struggled ever since he made his 2021 Major League debut. Well, once again, he ran into struggles quickly. A two-run homer off the bat of, it seems like, likely NL MVP, Fernando Tatis Jr., allowed the Padres to take a 3-0 lead. Of course, the Braves did come back in the bottom of the sixth inning. They were able to get within one run, unfortunately could not keep. The, could not keep the rally going, and then former Brave Mark Melanson shut the door in the bottom of the seventh inning, and it led to a three-to-two victory. For the San Diego Padres. Once again, the Braves, despite coming off a big performance from an unexpected sort in Tuki Tucson, they just cannot seem to keep the momentum going several times this year. They follow up a great performance from one of their pitchers with another great performance, but not enough offenses there to support it. Or unfortunately, the bullpen falters. Balance in games from both offense and pitching has been a struggle for this team all year long, and it showed up once again in game one. Of, to, of yesterday's doubleheader. In Game 2, it got even worse quickly. A four-run inning from the Padres allowed for them to get off to a 4 to nothing lead in the first inning. They tacked on a run in the top of the second. Bryce Wilson, though he has shown a bit of good performance at times this year, came out, struggled once again in a start at the major league level and was unable to allow for the Braves to, you know, get the needed start that they, you know, really desired in game two. It really felt like the Braves really needed for Bryce Wilson to get off to a good start, limiting the Padres offense. He just could not get the job done. But this time around, the Braves offense actually came to Bryce Wilson's aid. Four runs in the Bottom of the second inning allowed for the Braves to get within one run to make the score five to four. Well, then in the third and the fourth inning, the Braves and Padres kept each other scoreless, with the Padres also kept scoreless in the top of the fifth. But then, of course, once again, the weather showed up. The game was delayed in the bottom of the fifth inning, and actually, it was determined after around a three and a half hour rain delay, if my math serves me correctly, the game was suspended. Now, it's likely that this game will probably be picked up when the Braves go to San Diego September 24th through 26th, through the 26th, later this year, again, September 24th, 25th, and 26th, the Braves will be in San Diego. It's likely that this game will be made up at that time before one of the regularly scheduled game. That's not official. It still needs to be worked out, but last night's game is not a final result. It is suspended and likely to be picked up. When the Braves visit San Diego later this year. All in all, the Braves ended the day four and a half games behind the New York Mets. An unfortunate situation in which after getting within three and a half games, the Braves unfortunately lost another full game and find themselves now four and a half games out of the division lead. But that right there actually is the big thing that comes away from this stretch of games. Overall versus the Rays as well as the Padres, the Braves were able to go two and three. Not ideal, obviously, but certainly something that I guess you will take against two of the ten best teams in Major League Baseball. What it has put them in a position to do, though, is that the Braves season basically hangs in the balance over the next week. Nine combined games against the Phillies and Mets coming up before the trade deadline without any off days and including a double header on next Monday. The key for the Braves is they have got to find a way to be able to put a winning streak together. Because if they cannot string some wins together, they legitimately are going to put themselves in a position where basically they have no room for error. And if they were to start losing a string of games together, you could quickly see this Braves team shift from buyers potentially at the trade dine, trade deadline to sellers if they start sinking too far in the NLEs race. Despite the immediate need for wins and obviously a complete turnaround when it comes to the Braves' bullpen and the consistency needing from its offense, obviously there's several areas of this team that certainly need to improve. One area where I feel the Braves can feel confident in going into this series against Philadelphia would be in the starting pitching. And you could make a case, you can make a confident case, I feel, that the Braves should like their chances in at least the first three games of this series. Before Sunday's matchup that pits Aaron Nola of the Phillies against Tuki Tassant of the Braves, the pitching matchups for this upcoming series against the Phillies reads as this: On Thursday, Matt Moore will face off against Charlie Morton. Friday, Zach Wheeler will face off against Max Fried. Saturday, Vince Velasquez will pitch. Will face off against Drew Smiley, and Sunday, Aaron Nola will face Tuki Tassant. Now, again. If the offense nor the bullpen are able to figure things out and support the starting staff, none of this really matters. But especially in the Charlie Morton versus Matt Moore matchup, as well as the Drew Smiley with how he's been pitching of late versus the Vince Velasquez matchup, you have to like your chances. You obviously have to like your chances in a a Max Fried versus Zach Wheeler matchup, Zach Wheeler has been pitching very well. He absolutely has been producing well against the Braves in, re- uh, in recent years when he's faced them. But that is one thing that I do think stands out about this Braves matchup against the Phillies this weekend. There has to be confidence in the starting staff. There has to be confidence in at, le- in at least three of these four games. And hopefully Tukey, building off his start on Tuesday, will be able to give him the same chance on Sunday. The Braves, at the very least, have to like their chances to be at least put in the position to where they can earn a win in each of the next three games and hopefully the fourth as well. And if the Braves can get either a series split or can do better, that certainly is at least a positive development to build off of before they face the New York Mets five times, starting with the doubleheader next Monday. Again, the pitching matchups are Matt Moore versus Charlie Morton today. Zach Wheeler versus Max Reed, Vince Velasquez versus Drew Smiley, and then Sunday, Aaron Nola versus Tuki Tassan. Now, when it comes to the offense, obviously the bullpen, you're just going to have to hope it figures itself out. But the offense is certainly, while it has struggled over the past two days, there also has been signs that the offense is continuing to find ways to at least be productive, and that starts at the top of the order where the acquisition of Jock Peterson has certainly shown good initial results. Coming in, too. The doubleheader yesterday, Jock Peterson had five hits and 17 at-bats, including four RBIs. He had especially done well against Southpaws, as we had mentioned um, earlier this week. Jock Peterson against Southpaw so far in Atlanta. He's at a home run, he's hit a single, he's hit a double, he's drew a walk, and that was just in his first two starts in a Braves uniform. Alex Anthopoulos, for all the flaws that he may have as a general manager, he has shown that when he makes moves on the margins, they can work out in positive ways. Maybe not always immediately, but in this case, it certainly has. It feels like the addition of Jock Peterson certainly is starting to make an impact on this Braves team. For instance, even even without getting a hit in game one of the doubleheader on Wednesday, he made a big catch that saved the Padres from extending their lead early in the game. In Game 2, he was able to get a big two-out hit to bring the Braves within one run of the Padres. Both at the plate and in the field, Jock Peterson is finding ways to where he can contribute and can contribute in significant ways to add impact both on defense and on offense, and that is exactly what the Braves needed in an outfield addition. Now, obviously, he's not going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. And when he was asked directly about that, Jock Peterson mentioned, "My goal is not to be Ronald. Is not to be Ronald Acuna Jr. You can't replace that type of talent. My goal." is to be jock peterson so far jock peterson has certainly done that and kudos to the braves as well as alex and brian snicker for realizing that the best opportunity for peterson would be from the leadoff spot where he's shown some of the best offense of his career and also where he at least adds a dynamic bat at times to this atlanta lineup in front of their best hitters and Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, and Austin Riley. Whether or not Jock Peterson is going to be able to continue this level of impact moving forward is certainly something that will be seen in time. But at the very least, it does seem like Jock Peterson is going to do his part to help make this lineup deeper. And if he can continue this and the Braves can put some winning streaks together, hopefully some reinforcements will start to come in place, maybe through another trade or perhaps returns from injury such as the return of Travis Darno, that may be closer on the horizon than many think. Obviously, yesterday was not ideal. Um, You certainly had hoped that the Braves would at least get to earn one win, but at the very least, they did not earn two losses. While it certainly seems to be a mountain to climb coming up over the next week with nine games to play against the Phillies and the Mets, it certainly is an opportunity, a direct opportunity, for the Braves to turn this season around and really get back in the NL East race. And at the very least, at the end of the day, One thing that should be gained starting today and going through the next week is certainty. We will know just how much of a chance the Braves actually have to make the most of this season or we'll come to the understanding that it's just not there this season and it may be time to focus on the future starting at the trade deadline. Thanks so much for joining us, and it's been a pleasure talking with you today on the new, the Daily Hammer, the newest podcast when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. Find all of our great podcasts, the Talking Chop podcast, as well as the Road to Atlanta podcast on the Talking Chop podcast network. Also, check out TalkingChop.com, as well as on any social media platform at Talking Chop for links on our best content that we can offer when it comes to coverage of the Atlanta Braves. My name's Sean Coleman. Again, you can find me on Twitter at StatsSAC. It's been a pleasure. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Daily Hammer.